If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to before bed, you go to, you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils, your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time. This is a unique podcast. I've not done this in about maybe three years. Most of the podcasts I've done have been live. But today I'm joined by Mr. Hassan Chivirango, a very good friend of mine. We met, uh, I can't count well, but I think it's uh, almost five years, considering the three years of COVID and two years before that. We are sitting right now at the dining table uh, in a house where we actually met for the first time. <laughs> uh, my first time in Rwanda. This is the very house where uh, I live. By then, there were different occupants, good friends, uh, Simon and uh, his family. And uh, as we kept talking about the vision we had for Word of Life here, Simon remembered he had a friend who is a youth pastor, whose passion also is young people. Gave him a call and he said, why don't you join us for lunch? And it's right here where I met Hassan um, uh, with his wife. And since then, we've uh, continually shared uh, a passion for young people, especially the ones here in Rwanda. And today, we are planning or registering Word of Life as an organization officially here in Rwanda and uh, allow me to give you more details you may not be interested but right now Hassan is sitting on the board of World of Life but today we are talking about discipleship uh, specifically for young people and uh, generally as as believers and Hassan what's up I know we all have different uh, versions of memories but what 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 what, what what's your first memory of when we met what, what were you thinking when someone uh, when someone asks you to come for lunch what was in your mind you remember um, just hearing about word of life and the vision how yeah. excited were you about that well my excitement was after I met with you and uh, I remember your wife Grace we met first of all the first excitement was the food uh, <laughs> you, you can never go wrong there yeah but then getting to hear the story of word of life because i'm really really passionate about the word of god mm. so to know that there is a ministry that is built solely on the inerrant word of god and that word being disseminated through different ways mm. especially to young people for me caught my heart because mm. by then i was serving as youth pastor mm. at my church clf since then uh changed posts i'm serving as men's pastor mm. so yeah so for me anything to bring the word of god to young people in a way that they understand that it's palatable to them mm. i think that was what caught my uh, attention about the whole word of life mm. movement and uh, wanting to be a part of it amen awesome G- give us a give us a, a brief understanding of what you're doing uh, right now. I know you're involved in several things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just found out that now you're helping with the leadership program in mm. different schools. But there's other program you do called God's Dozen, and mm-hmm. uh, if someone hears that, definitely they will guess that there was uh, that's that's Christ's model of mm. uh, of the twelve disciples. And knowing that also one of those is it is, is Judas, but, but what, what exactly does that entail? Gold doesn't just a brief because we're talking about discipleship uh, in a few minutes. But give give us a give us a synopsis. If if someone had gold doesn't, what is the full picture? What does that mean? Yeah. So uh, I mean, if you're to break down. Uh, God's dozen, so there is God, mm. and then there's dozen, dozen meaning 12, yeah? Mm-hmm. So God's 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, that's really just a fancy name that, uh, you know, came to me yeah. when the Lord laid it on my heart to begin to make disciples intentionally and consistently. And I remember I just turned 30 years old on my birthday, 5th of January, 2014, 
Mm. I was serving at my local church as a volunteer. But one of the things that uh, became very, very clear to me was this passion to make disciples. So I remember there were many young uh, people at my church that were seeking out me out for mentorship and uh, just to walk with them. I said, you know, how about I, I get a bunch of 12 young men mm. and uh, invest in them uh, a year's journey where we meet every every month, but then have weekly engagements that we, we would have online. Mm. And for me, the, the idea there was to, to, to begin to disciple them. Yeah, so that's where God's Dozen was born. Mm. So in 2014, media, the Lord showed me 12 people, 12 young men that mm. uh, I started working with. And uh, we've never stopped since. Yeah. Mm. So you take on 12 every, every, every year? Yeah, we take on 12 every year. Three years ago, the, the strategy kind of changed because I was discipling young men, uh, but I felt young ladies were missing out mm. as well. So I brought my wife, Joan, on board. And we kind of gave it a, like a refresher. It's now God's dozen squared because I, you know, like there's no name for two mm. dozens. So, I, mm. so it's called God's dozen squared. And we work with 12 young men and 12 young women for a period of uh, one year. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure that you did not have that particular part of the vision um, when you were starting out. Mm -hmm. But there's a way God orchestrates different steps of our lives, mm. sometimes based on need that he's able to open our heart towards uh, where he would like us to mm. uh, to go. But I'm a Christian, and mm. I'm, I'm coming to church. I'm not bad. I don't, mm -hmm. by bad, I'm, I'm going to give gross sins. I don't smoke. I yep. don't smoke weed. I don't drink. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm not that bad. There's people who are worse off uh, than me. And... <sighs> We already have so much going on in, in a typical growing church. There's cell, there's uh, probably uh, another prayer Wednesday. Mm -hmm. There is, uh, if you're involved in the choir, there's choir practice probably on Friday and Saturday. And then there's probably teens. And I'm helping in all of these. Yeah. But what's the need that you are trying to meet, Hassan, when you talk about someone being involved in another program? Mm. called God's Dozen because you you can be so involved that you lose yourself. Mm. There's probably mm. fasting and praying one of those days yeah. and you feel like you're doing so much. Why are we adding to that list? Mm. <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it's interesting you I ask the question that way. When I, when I think about discipleship, mm. I think of it being beyond a program that we do and I know discipleship is interpreted differently, takes different forms for different churches. For some, it's a class. Mm. You do discipleship class. For others, it's a ministry, discipleship ministry. Mm. But I would like to look at discipleship not as a program, mm. but as um, a delegated mandate that Christ gave us as a command, mm. all of us as believers. And um, I personally believe that the reason Christianity is not having the impact it should have in influencing our cultures today uh, and in reflecting God's kingdom, it's not because uh, it's because we have multitudes of converts, uh, we have billions of Christians, but we have few, few disciples. Mm. And when you think about it, you realize that there's a difference there between being a mere Christian and being a disciple of Christ. You realize that um, all disciples are Christians, but not all Christians are disciples. And uh, so, what Christ is calling us to is um, not just mere Christianity. But he's calling us to be disciples. Uh, he's calling us to make uh, not just converts, but to make disciples. And then, 
somebody might ask then what is a disciple and what is discipleship i guess we can get there yeah. uh, but for me i am passionate about the fact that christ is calling us into a life of following his com- command and commission mm. Uh, not just to make converts, not just to be part of programs, not just to go to church and exercise spiritual disciplines, mm. but just to follow his command and say, how do I make disciples just like he commanded us? Mm. Mm-hmm. Let me let me double click on one some of the things you, one particular area there you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I, know that I do have a friend who wrote a book on discipleship, a whole book on discipleship. Mm. And he's trying to digest these terms and... I know these people define discipleship differently, yeah. but there's something there you said, some are Christians but not disciples. Mm. And that, that right there, someone listening right now is confused <laughs> and is thinking, okay, I thought he said, go make disciples. Mm. When someone is a, is, has trusted Christ for salvation, they become therefore a disciple. I've also heard some refer to a disciple as a student. Mm-hmm. One that is learning, maybe, learner, yes. yeah, maybe that's where you. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. guessing that you're trying to take it from there. There are some who yes convert to Christianity, mm-hmm. but do not learn. Yes, uh, is that absolutely. what you're trying to say? Yes, mm-hmm. and 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 we know there are many of those, mm-hmm. um, and their form of you would say learning is to sit under under the preaching of God's word on a Sunday, and that's many are Sunday Christians. Mm-hmm. Or these days the trend is follow um, follow a trendy. Man of God, man of God mm. or a couple of them, mm. and those would feed you, you know, something on a Sunday, but it's not, um, it's not rooted enough to 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 convert you to be an actual follower. So for me, mm. there's a sense of I am learning from Christ, mm. but under the tutorship of somebody who has decided to invest in me mm. and to really teach me the character and competencies of Christ mm. and walking with me. Uh, so for me, I feel that that sense of life on life mm. where you say, you know, I am going to invest into this young man or a couple of young men, if you're guys or mm. if it's a couple, I don't know, whatever format, but at a longer period of time that is beyond just a hit and run on a Sunday, but to, to get into the life of somebody and help them become a learner mm. and after that, they can also be able to do the same. Mm. So the idea for me, I feel, is um, Christ commanded us as a great commission. He says he gives us authority. All authority mm. in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Mm. Uh, the Greek word there for that authority is the word exousia, mm. which is different from the other authority that we all know called dunamis, power, mm. all power. Exousia is basically the authorized use of power. It's like delegated authority. Mm. It's like... Um, I'll give you an example. You, I mean, you're with us here in Kigali. You mm. see how orderly the place is. You see mm. how uh, we, we have traffic policemen standing. That guy <laughs> might be the lowest ranking person, mm. maybe a constable or a sergeant. Mm. When he stretches out his hand like this, you stop. You stop. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, you might out earn that person 110 times, mm. but where they stand, the capacity they stand in, is delegated authority mm. and the, the state has given them the full mandate to carry authority mm. so christ says all authority has been given to me mm. on heaven and the earth therefore go and make disciples of all nations and we all know matthew 28 mm. when he says therefore go it's it's really not like um mm. go in the future it's it's as you go it's it's as you live life mm. as you you know go and make disciples so mm. for me i feel that is something we need to explore 
it's something we need to explore um, as we move uh, forward on this journey of Christianity. What does that actually really mean? And so mm. for me, I had to go through that process, uh, mm. David, to explore and look at my own self and say, okay, I have been saved by grace. And the Lord has uh, mm. called me to, to, you know, into discipleship. But what does it mean mm. for me? And so I took an explorative journey around Matthew 20. I said, hey, God is calling me to be a discipler. Mm. Uh, to be somebody who learns from others and from, from him ultimately mm. through his word, but also raise others to move beyond mere Christianity mm. to become followers of Christ. Yeah. You, know, you know, there's something there you mentioned, Han, uh, Hassan, that, and we had this conversation earlier on mm-hmm. uh, when you preached, I think, two Sundays ago at church, and you mentioned there, I think, three or four types of uh, Christians. Mm. And just going back to a disciple and a mere Christian, I think the Bible does not give room for mediocrity. Mm. That when he says a believer, there's a particular sense in which there's that definition of a believer. Yeah. And I, I was just reminded as you kept talking about the statement where Christ talked about uh, the man who is going to say, I never knew you. Mm. But this guy has performed miracles. The, the excuse oh, yeah. was, we cast out demons in your name. Mm-hmm. We did all these things in your name. Mm. And then I say, I never knew you. And of course, we have to stop and think <laughs> there must be something wrong. Mm. Everyone else saw a believer. Mm-hmm. Everyone else saw one who is casting out demons. Yeah. But Christ never. So there's a huge difference. Just just briefly, yeah. take us through those out of memory, if you could remember. The, yeah. Those three. How did you cut, uh, categorize them again <laughs> when it comes to believers? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and how... Mm. One can be conformed, yes. and I know I'm going to botch the more I keep talking, yeah, so yeah. be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, ideally, Paul talks about mm. um, the mature believer, mm. and uh, he says in Romans uh, 8, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he says, you know, uh, those that he foreknew, he therefore predestined mm. to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, who is the firstborn among among many brethren. Mm. So there's that word there to be conformed to the image of Christ, to become Christ-like, not just to be a Christian. I mean, you and I are Christians. The the word there means followers of Christ. Mm. So we follow Christ. But it's one thing to say you follow him, Mm. and it's one thing to say you are Christ-like. So to conform to the image, the word image is you look into the mirror and you're able to see yourself. Mm. So, So I believe that a disciple is a man or a woman who embodies the character, the competencies of Jesus Christ and mm. consistently walks and lives under the rule of Christ. Mm. So it's, it's, it's beyond just confessing him. Mm. It's, just, it's, it's walking under his rule, being obedient to him fully. Mm. He says that those who love me are the ones who obey my commands. Mm. So Paul talks about different categories of men. And the first three men... Uh, three types of man, and man there is both is not gender sensitive; mm. is male and female. Mm. Um, it talks about the natural man. It's in First Corinthians, I think, or Second Corinthians. It mm. talks about the natural man. Mm. It says the natural man uh, does not know the things of God, uh, because the things of God are, are spiritual, and they are spiritually discerned. Mm. Then it talks about so this is somebody who does not know God. Mm. Then then it talks about the carnal man. He writes to the Corinthian church. He says. But when there is strife among you, when there is bitterness and all these things, aren't you cannot? Mm. He says, I, you see, I, I treat you like babies and I feed you like babies because you do not have the capacity to take solid food because you act carnally. Mm. So the carnal man there is one who he, they've received Christ, 
but they're still walking like they used to walk. Mm. And, you know, Paul writing to the Corinthians, even the Galatians, he used to bash them. And he says, you know, now that you have believed in Christ, why do you continue to walk in the way that you mm. walk? So that's the second category. Then he talks about the spiritual man. The spiritual man is one who has made headway in Christ, mm. who is being uh, fruitful, who is really exercising the gifts of God mm. in him, who is really on an intentional journey to grow, to become like Christ. Mm. Yeah. And these are the three categories of men that it talks, it talks about. Then in Romans 9, uh, which is also in Ephesians 4, um, he talks about to some he gave apostles, prophets, teachers to, to train people for the work of the ministry, to raise them up, to become fully mature to the full stature of Christ. Mm. So I believe that we need to go past just being spiritual. Mm. We need to go to a place where we become the conformed man, mm. the one who has fully yielded mm. to Christ, the one who is fully submitted, the one who is fully obedient. And you know those words are, are unpopular today. Mm. You know, we like the hype around Jesus, mm. but Jesus himself said, look, you, you can only claim to love me if you follow my commands, if you're obedient to my mm. commands. And, and so for me, I feel that is a level of Christianity. Certain things mark a conformed man. Number one is yieldedness, mm. total yieldedness, fully submitted. Uh, a sense of dying to self and being dead to self. Paul mm. writes, you know, uh, Ephesians and Galatians 2, 10, I have been crucified with, with Christ. Christ. And I no longer live. I no longer live, but mm. Christ, it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, mm. I live by faith. By faith. Um, so, and it says... Um, he says that I may know him, that is uh, Philippians 3.10, mm. that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, mm. and the fellowship of his suffering. You mm. see, mm. he says there is power in the resurrection of Christ. That's our testimony, New Testament believers. But then you also need to share in the fellowship of his suffering. Mm. So I believe that that kind of man is one who shares in all those things. Mm. In Acts 4, these guys are walloped by the Sanhedrin. You mm. remember the two disciples? Mm. They are released and they come out and they were rejoicing that they had been given an opportunity to suffer with Christ. So, for many believers, mm. we want the power of the resurrection, mm. but that fellowship of the suffering. That's so, it comes as a package, yes. but it takes a certain sense of being in him, being found in him, for us to move from carnality mm. to a place of conformity. That's, so, that's really interesting to think about. <laughs> And it's the journey of discipleship, by yeah. the way. I mean, mm. I, I mean, right there when I asked the previous question, I thought I was being rude when it comes to people who are beginning, just growing in their mm. walk, that now we expect them in order to start eating meat. Mm. But I like the way you put it, that yes, we are children. And mm. Tim Keller, uh, with mm -hmm. a podcast I shared with you, sure. he defined the f someone being foolish who is who is. Uh, out of touch with reality when they should know better. Mm. And as we talked about children, I was thinking about uh, the little boy here, Junior, mm. that he might spill his food. Yeah. Uh, he might he might touch a burning candle, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't consider him foolish. He's simply young. Yeah. But what the Bible uses also the word simple. Yeah. <laughs> In the sense of. But yeah, but, but when you find basic. when mm. you find someone who should know better. Yeah. 24 years old and you're still wondering if the candle burns, yeah. that is foolishness. Mm. And so I think we need to know where we are at, mm. even as And you even see, David, believers, yeah. uh, when, when you read certain letters of Paul, like the mm. letters to the Corinthians, the Galatians, Paul is contending with that. Mm. Is people's stubbornness. I mean, you have been with Christ, walked with him, seen his goodness, mm. but somehow people just refuse to grow. And I said, look, 
I was telling the congregation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You foolish guy. Uh-huh. Who has no, bewitched you? you? Is <laughs> it, you know, you've moved from these things. You're going back mm. to these practices. And I told people in our congregation, I said, mm. look, God will re- always relate with you mm. um, at the level at which you, you grow. And I gave an example of my family. I have four children. You know mm. them. Um, I love my children equally. Mm. Uh, I mean, I love them to death. But I relate with them differently. Mm. The way I relate with the seven-year-old twins is not the way I relate with my 12-year-old firstborn daughter. Mm. Why? Because the older she grows, the more our conversations become more intellectual. Mm. Because she, she is growing. There's growth. Mm. You know? And I told people, there are some of you, you've been working with God for so long, but the conversation with you is like God talking to a, tod- a toddler. And I said, you know, you know how we communicate with babies? You know? I said, that is it. God cannot go beyond bujibujibu with you. Because you've refused to go. You say, eat your food, say, ah. Uh-huh. So, so and, and he has given us everything. He has given mm. us his word. Mm. He has given us the fellowship of the brethren. Mm. He has given us a, a, a church. Hopefully that our listeners go to a Bible teaching uh, church. Not, mm. not many of those that we know that mm. really are hyped. And that is an opportunity for us to, to grow. To grow. Yeah. And when you grow, God can... Again, it's like stewardship, the parable of the talents. He can stew, um, because I keep telling people the reward for being a good steward, for mm. being a mature believer, is more responsibility. Mm. I mean, I see how burdened you are for, to, for word of life in Rwanda. You guys are going to villages. You, you're bringing hundreds of young people to Christ. Mm. I mean, I see how you feel like, I wish, not another day, I wish we could move here. Mm. You are burdened for the kingdom and God is giving you more responsibility because you've stewarded mm. what he has given you. Well, that comes from a place of growth. Amen. <laughs> also, let, let's go back to God's okay. All right. Let's go back to God's dozen here a bit. Um, and, and just the discipleship and the way you've chosen to, um, I'm going to use a term here, I hope I don't bore you, take it by the horn <laughs> and give it attention mm-hmm. and saying I'm putting aside time, I'm putting aside resources, one year, 12 young men and, and 12 young ladies for, for your wife mm-hmm. and, and investing in them. You've done this how long again now? It's uh, so this year we onboarded, I think, our ninth cohort. Ninth cohort. Yeah. Interesting. But have you realized any crisis or inadequacy with this kind of model? Uh, I don't want to say crisis, mm-hmm. crisis was Judas, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... There was a role in which uh, even that guy was called to play uh, yeah. for those years. But I'm not talking about Judas's in that group. Yeah. I'm talking about some of the ways you, in which you feel, ah, oh, man, I wish I had more time. It's, mm. it's just one year. Yeah. Uh, are, are there areas in which you feel like the, this model, yes, let, let's be honest. That, does it, that you feel inadequate at some point? And how sustainable is it? How come it's just you doing it? And I don't want to sound like Elijah who said I'm the only one. <laughs> People have their different ways in which they help yeah. others grow. But are, are, there, are there things you look at and you're saying, I wish we could do this differently? Mm. Inadequacies, obviously. Mm. Number one is that... Um, when Christ walked, he's, he's our perfect example. Yeah. When he walked with his disciples, it was for three and a half years. Mm. And uh, for, for you to be able to teach for actual conversion, they actually say that three years is, you know, if you're to disciple people, mm. three years is a good time. Yeah, but you and I know that uh, sometimes um, it's, it's 
becomes a bit difficult because mm. people grow transition they go through so many things and um, the 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 group that we feel the lord has called us to disciple uh, people who are fresh out of university between mm. 25 and 30 years and a lot happen it happens in their lives at that age many are trying to you know forge their identity some are finding their first job some are relating and walking into marriage mm. those that are married are having their first baby so it's hard to hold a space for 3 years i i could if i wanted to but then the other thing which is again a challenge is when you when very few people are doing this you feel like i need to do it for more people and more mm. people and more mm. people mm. and we we are we can be quite overextended mm. so we figured you know rather than walk for 3 years with people let us walk and be quite intentional with them for a year mm. so that what you would do for 12 for 3 years you can do for uh, 36 yeah. you know so yeah and like i said now we've doubled it mm. it's uh, it's it's 24 per year mm. uh, so those would be 70 something 52 it's it's 24 times 3 36 yeah, no. <laughs> you know i can't find x i flunked math <laughs> so i'm still looking for x so it's 24 48 mm. uh, 52 so mm. whatever <laughs> Men 24 times 3 go figure <laughs> Yeah so so that is really what prompted us but mm. there's this sense we need to do more mm. we need to give more yeah but um my heart's cry is this um David is that every mature believer or maturing believer mm. should understand that Christ has called us to make disciples mm. I don't think that um there is an exclusion in this call it's not for pastors it's not it's for every Christ follower who is growing and we could do it differently it could be to gather with people and um and you know study the word together uh, just holding their space for them mm. because Jesus said look when you go and make disciples this is what you need to do you need to teach them to observe mm. first of all baptizing them in the name of the father this is that identification mm. in the death burial and resurrection of Christ you know baptism is important it's a public declaration of an inward confession so after baptizing them though teaching them to observe everything that Christ has told mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. that teaching there is the most potent way that we make disciples mm-hmm. we make disciples through teaching them mm-hmm. and there's value in teaching it takes time it's systematic it takes intentionality it's not easy you know but um there's obviously the sense of that crisis i should mm-hmm. be doing more more people should be doing more i mean mm-hmm. um the, the essence of word of life is really to disciple young people i mm. see the quiet time diaries that you guys are uh, are printing and by the way congratulations on the random version of the quiet time diary mm. we just launched that one a few days ago mm. and david is over the moon about it but it's it's really that thing there's did a you know, did you know that there's only one chinyarwanda bible commentary yeah we we like had that one first time when we ah, were being told it's it's mm-hmm. but coming coming back to the crisis yeah we we were supposed to tackle this towards the end mm-hmm. but you did bring it up when you said Christ's command is to teach them to observe, observe everything, everything I've commanded you yeah most schools today mm. will emphasize teaching you to remember uh-huh. the things I've commanded you mm. teaching them to rewrite <laughs> the things I've commanded you how many papers have you written you yeah. get a doctorate for it by the way yeah. but there's no doctorate for obedience wow for He's, observance observance living out teaching mm. you to observe to live out I'm teaching you to obey teach mm. them to obey, to obey yeah. that we are teaching obedience mm. and mm. then we come from uh, Hassan to mm. a group of leaders mm. 
And I, I hate to point fingers, mm. really hate to point fingers, because it says, he who thinks is strong, yeah. be careful, yeah, lest you fall. Mm. Lest you fall. But mm. we, we can't ignore these things. Mm-hmm. Someone is listening to us right now, and they're saying, you're talking about church leaders, you're talking about discipleship, they're mm. hypocrites. <laughs> um, but we're going to get to that at the end. Sure. Let me, let me ask, maybe for someone who may want to tune out right now, mm. what do you want me to do? Mm. We're going to come to the crisis question at the end. Yeah. But right now you're asking the question, someone is asking the question, what do you want me to do right now um, yeah. concerning the things you guys are talking about? Great mm. topic concerning discipleship. Yeah. Everyone should be a disciple maker. Mm-hmm. But what can I do? Where do I start? Yeah. Before I, before I share what, what we need to do, I, I need to give this a bit of a brief background mm. and for us to understand the power and impact of discipleship. Mm. Okay. Um, and this this was shared with me by my mentor. He said, he said, Hassan, if you had all the resources you need, mm. like all the money, all the TV networks, you can be on every major TV network in the world. Mm. All the resources you need to commit to reaching to a hundred a hundred people for Christ every single day with the gospel through evangelism. Mm. He says, and you did this. You had these resources to do this for thirty years. Mm. He says. If you reach 100 people every day for 30 years, uh, in, in 30 years, you'd be able to reach uh, 1,095,000 people through evangelism. Okay? He said, however, if you committed yourself to follow Jesus' model, simple mm. model, disciple 12 people every three years. And he says, but because people get busy, people, you know, he says, mm. let's say you have a 50% success rate. And out of the 50, mm. uh, the, 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 after the, out of the 12, only six people are able to make disciples, mm. each one discipling six mm. after a period of three years. Mm. He said, if you did that in 30 years, you'd be able to reach over 60 million people. That's interesting. Okay. Remember the guy who has all the resources, the money, the TV networks, mm. reaching 100 every single day for 30 years, which is practically almost impossible because mm. there are days you want to rest. You are there are days you've been called for a funeral. Mm. There is Christmas. There are holidays. No, 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 no break. Mm. 30 years every single day. This one will only do 1,095,000 if you focus on only six people. Mm. Only six. Who are multiplying. Who are multiplying. Mm. That compounding effect will lead us in 30 years to reach... 60 million people. And that's the power of discipleship. Mm. And why am I saying this? If every believer focused on just following Christ's principle, you don't have to leave your workplace to make mm. disciples. Mm. You don't have to change jobs. You don't have to... All you need to do is to say, we have a meeting or two every week. Mm. Just prepare a black tea. They bring their own mandazi. Mm. But the goal is, you walk with them for three years so that they can walk with others for three years. 60 million people. Now... That's the impact, and this is the heart of Christ. Mm. And if, if, and we're talking just one person focusing on six, imagine if 1,000 believers did this and you know, it, it multiplied. It's, it's really just, um, I, I wanted before I go into what should we do for people to understand the impact and why Christ gave mm. us this as the model. And, and again, no offense to evangelism, evangelism is important preach the gospel, but the sustainability is through discipleship. Mm. 
Yeah. So so And someone once said discipleship starts with evangelism. Exactly. You make disciples. Yeah. If you don't have Christians in your life, share the gospel exactly. with them. But there's mm-hmm. something there. And we'll go back to the other one. We're, 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 I just wanted to give it definitely, a Definitely. Yes. Definitely we are going back. Mm-hmm. Um but before I lose this thought, there's something there you did uh mention uh, concerning multiplication. And let me let me just take a break right now, maybe to give it to you with the conversation we had uh, mm. with the rest of the board members and team. Um, this year, this past year, 2021, 20, uh, we have been recording gospel conversations as, mm. we, as we have them. There's a system that we put together where whenever someone shares a gospel with someone on the team, they're able to just post that and say, oh, by the way, as we celebrate together. And then even the youth leaders in the different Bible clubs, when they keep doing that, we've been recording. And we've through the ministry that we've had with some of the churches, have been able to record 1,000, mm. about 1,300 gospel conversations. Wow. But then we also took time to just tally mm. how many young people are in these 12 churches. Wow. An average of 100 is mm-hmm. a total of about 1,000. 200 and something sure, so sure. For think about chances. it mm-hmm. think about it we've had hey man the, the math just came back to us we were mm. struggling with the 32 the other a few minutes ago yeah. but the math is coming back <laughs> so we've had 1300 gospel conversations and we have about 1200 young people in these 12 churches mm. on average we want to assume that each of those young people has had one gospel conversation the whole wow. year which is difficult to mm. comprehend I like know. The whole year you only shared the gospel with, with one. one person. Uh-huh. Now, we don't have the numbers of what those young people looked like. Mm. And I've, I've, I've actually just asked the team to find out for me mm. if there was an increase, if there was multiplication. Mm-hmm. Because that's the main focus. Sure. But we're thinking this coming year, 2022, if each of those young people... Mm-hmm. On a very bad year, where mm. there's COVID, there are six lockdowns in uh-huh. one year, and we are only praying and hoping it doesn't yeah. happen. Mm. They only have four gospel conversations the wow. whole year. Wow. Look at the viral effect. That's 4,000 mm. gospel conversations. Exactly. And we are exactly. hoping that really when 4,000 people hear mm. the gospel, let's mm. assume some are already Christians, mm. some have had the gospel before, mm-hmm. at least, at least mm. 1,000 should be able to mm. come to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's we've taken the lowest number there. Mm. We are simply saying 4,000. Mm, and yet, like if we almost. actually mm. invest, we are talking about teaching mm. someone how to share the gospel. If we can walk with them throughout the whole year, and every week we are asking, who are you praying for? Mm. Who are you sharing the gospel with? Who are you caring for? The number yeah. will be more than four. And uh-huh. that, that effect is, is just, it's, we it's can't comprehend it. Yeah, and yet it's possible. Absolutely. It's possible. Absolutely possible. I mean, MTN can yeah. decide we're going to get 5 million customers this year and yeah. they get them. They will. And they make the decision, put their strategy and weight behind it and they get it done. Why can't we exactly. as, as believers? Yeah. That's, that's something for mm. us to pause. And with the 1,000, almost 1,300 conversations, gospel conversations, you actually had close to 800. Yeah, 792. Exactly. Close to 800 that mm. actually made a decision to, to come to Christ. Yeah. So when, when you look at 800, with, that's almost a 80% mm. conversion rate. So awesome. if you did 4,000, 4, 4, you're, you're saying only 1,000, that's about 25%. Mm. So the chances could even, you could have higher, if you're following the, the same pattern, even if it was 50%, you could get to 2,000 uh, decisions to follow Christ. Mm. So this works. 
when we work it. It's a multiplication mm. strategy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there so, something else you wanted to throw? Yes, to this? I, I just wanted to, to, to talk about why aren't we doing this and what do we need to do this? Um, and because one of the things we ask, okay, how many Christians do I know that are actually making disciples? You know, this is one of those commands that I feel sometimes the enemy has blinded us to. We are mm. doing so many other things purportedly for Christ except makes disciples. I believe some people don't make disciples because we don't know how to make disciples. Mm. Number two is we think disciple making is for a few people, mm. maybe pastors or other people, that, but not you. Uh, we also, we, we know what Christ commands us in Matthew 28, but we have chosen not to obey. That could be another reason. Mm. But if we simply said, if I can get two, three people to walk with, Share what I know. As You see, the thing about disciple-making is the more you make disciples, the more you grow as a disciple yourself. Mm. When we started working with these 12, so far we've, we've been able to work with more than 123. Uh, we've made 123 disciples directly. Mm. And I know others that are on the journey of making other disciples. Mm. Uh, if you, you committed to just three people, you know, you would grow. Because part of what we did is I made sure that I become a student of the word because I had people depending on me, mm. rightly dividing the word of truth and not being errant and all that. Mm. So my life of study grew, my life of research grew, my life of fellowship grew because I had people depending on me, mm. you know, because they are learners. So so, so inadvertently, as you make disciples, you also grow mm. as a disciple. So, so for me, it's just start by being obedient, mm. find people, make tea every week, just say we're going to cover the epistles of Paul this year. Mm. That's what I'm doing with my disciples. Mm. Every week we go through the books of, mm. you know, the epistles of Paul. We are still stuck in Romans. We are in Feb. We're supposed to have started First <laughs> Corinthians. But man, there's a lot to cover in Romans. Mm. It might take us Jan and Feb. And we are not in a hurry. As mm. long as we are, we are really searching scriptures, having people have conversations and people grow. And maybe just for our, view, our, our hearers, very quickly... So what my wife and I do is we, we soak and immerse them into the word of God. Mm. We also talk to them about life, relationships, work, the gift of work and making money in a biblical, healthy manner. We talk about purpose and identity. We talk about mission and ministry. So we break our, our year into four themes. Every quarter we talk about a theme. But what is consistent throughout, it is Bible-driven. And the Bible studies don't stop every mm. week. Mm. They read books, give us uh, book reviews. That's how we do it. So it's life on life. Mm. You know, when you talked about the fact that you're stuck in Romans, reminded me of a story <laughs> I had. Mm. I, I keep remembering that story and laugh. But of uh, a preacher who went to speak in a particular church. And just before he spoke, the believers came and, and he was a guest speaker. Mm. They really begged him not to preach from the book of Ephesians. Yeah. They said, please, please find a different book to preach from. So the guy asked, why? Mm-hmm. He says, you know what? We've been looking at this book the whole year, this past year. And this year, we're going to chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This year, year we're doing chapter two. But yeah, I don't think discipleship is that kind of one year in yes. one chapter. Of, of course not. But Hassan, let me... Our time it doesn't seem like it's moving anywhere. But mm. let me let me ask here uh, one last two questions. Mm. 
-hmm. before we get into our last question concerning leaders who have unfortunately yeah. uh, lost testimonies. Mm. But when you talk about discipleship, it's true that these are relationships mm. that we are building. Now, people are difficult mm. because we are sinners and they say <laughs> sinners saved by grace saved by grace but <laughs> sinners do sinful things yes 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 and uh, i don't want to bring in marriage right now but mm. it's one very purifying relationship <laughs> um, uh, actually today let me not get there <laughs> let me not get please there. don't share I'm that not, testimony. i'm not going there but relationships are difficult have you been able to cultivate relationships mm. with 12 people mm. now 24 with your wife over yeah. a long period of time now as you get to know people the closer you get to them you begin to smell their armpits you begin <laughs> to realize hey people don't wash their socks yeah, yeah, yeah. and those are all metaphors mm. to refer to moments where someone can yeah. now begin saying hassan lend me some money uh, and now you see now you familiarity see familiarity and then yeah of commitment so you mm -hmm. give them the money this i'm going to pay you back yeah and then they're not paying back mm. now. It and then six it, it damages the relationship. Damages the relationship. Now mm. they begin to run away from you. Yeah. Or oh, you're the one who's borrowing. Uh -huh. and it could be the other yeah, way around. And you're yeah. there teaching concerning stewardship and you haven't paid back. <laughs> and people begin to come to your home. Mm. Uh, they realize you don't like washing dishes. Yeah. You, you delegate those things to other mm. people. And they say, hey. Hassan gets annoyed to the children as well yeah. because the closer they get to you, yeah, they begin yeah. to the, see. The more they see, the, the, they begin the, to see how the humanness, yes. and the weakness. Yeah, I know it takes humility yeah. uh, to be able to, and none of us is perfect. Yeah, but how mm. have you handled difficult relationships? Yeah, number in one. Discipleship? Yes, a very good question. Number one is that um, we know at the back of our heads, Joanna and I, is that every relationship we walk into, we invite into this relationship. Uh, is we are dealing with people. Mm. Like you've said, sinners do sinful things. We're dealing with broken people. We are dealing with people who have issues with their past, with integrity, with all. I mean, we've met all of this. Mm. But then think about when Christ chose the 12. Mm. He says he, he called them out that they might be with him. Mm. Okay? And when he called them out, each of them came with their own garbage mm. and their own issues. I mean, you talked about Judas. I mean, Jesus knew that three years later, this man would be at the helm of his betrayal, mm. you know, but yet he still called him. And even in, um, I was talking about, surprisingly, um, the, the, the battle between spirituality and carnality. Mm. And I was using the example of Simon Peter in, in the sermon I preached at our church. And I say, this is the, the, the journey with Christ and us. Mm. You wake up one morning, you've, you know, fortified yourself in prayer You've read scripture, done your quiet time. And then as soon as you walk out of the gate, this boda boda guy mm. comes and crosses over you and you, 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 you just blurt out unholy words from mm. your mouth. You know, the same, the same tongue that has just blessed the Lord has just cast uh, mm. a boda guy. So we are work in progress. Mm. So Joan and I know we're going to be betrayed. We know we're going to be manipulated, used. But it's a cross that we've been called to carry, and we carry that cross. And it's mm. painful, by the way. It's painful pouring yourself into a relationship, and they do not reciprocate that sense of mm. uh, respect, commitment to the journey, and so on and so forth. But we realize they are people. And Christ just somehow was patient with us, having done everything. Mm. Even after resurrection, he appears to these disciples twice. They still go into hiding. He commissions them. He says, just as my father sent you, so do I send you. 
Then in John 21, they wake up in the morning and they go fishing. Mm. When Jesus met with them twice after the resurrection. So he looked at them and the first thing he saw, he asked them, he says, little children, have you caught anything? Mm. Because he's like, when will you get it that I've actually called you? You know, they kept on disappointing him. How long shall I be with you? In fact, one of the gospels, when he was ascending to heaven, one of the, the, the gospels said that he was... For, let me paraphrase it. He was angry at their lack of belief, even on his ascension. So it's it's the journey of discipleship, is you put up with people's um, humanness and sinfulness, and hopefully mm. you can model Christ likeness to them, and they can, you know, it's it's one of those. It's a cross. It's mm. a cross we bear. Yeah. And by the way, if you know, if for for us who disciple many people and have committed, this is a lifelong journey for Joanne and I. Mm. If, if you can't commit to that as a cross, you'd rather not make disciples at all because it comes with a package. Hey, reminds <laughs> me of uh, when they were said about bread. Uh-huh. And uh, he says, stop. If uh-huh. anyone should come after me, he yes. must deny himself. Pick up and the cross, cross yeah. and, and, and follow me. It's, mm. it's difficult. It's challenging. And yet that's the path he's called each one of us to. And uh, man, I know our betrayal or the way we, be, we are betrayed is not the same as Christ. It may not mm. be unto death. It might be, but it may mm. not be unto death. Mm. But thinking about making an appointment with someone and then they don't show up. Yeah. And then they say it rained. Mm. And you walk through the same rain and yeah. you're thinking, hey, mm. that's, that's difficult. That, that is difficult. And yeah. that's the least of the difficult things. Exactly. Uh, really. We've not talked yeah. about money that wasn't returned. Uh-huh. We've not talked about yeah. um, lies we've been told. Yeah. And then just thinking about the students as well. Now coming to the students. Mm. Sometimes the students as well feel betrayed. Yes. When you stand before them and you say, live right, do right. Yeah. And then someday... And you, and you don't. Mm. Yeah, it, you don't. And, and this is where really, if we had background music, this is where it would stop <laughs> a little bit to talk about this very last question mm. about church leaders that have failed. And uh, Rwanda has its examples. Yeah, Uganda has its examples. I think mm. every country has its examples. Mm-hmm. These, these things are in mainstream media. Mm. It's a Christian or a non-Christian is listening to us right now. Mm. And they're saying, remove the plank <laughs> out of your eyes yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, what would you say to someone listening in right now mm. who is bitter? Hmm. I actually know someone. Yeah. And and they're on they're on Instagram right now, mm. extremely bitter about Christianity. Mm. Um, and and the, all they can do is point out one example after, after another, another, after another, mm. after another, concerning how they've been betrayed. Yes by leaders mm. um, not so much pointing fingers to the leaders but encouraging those who are listening right now mm. in knowing that man it can't be anyone we've all failed in one way or mm-hmm. another not as an excuse yeah. but in a way in which this is a real issue mm-hmm. it holds water yeah. you can't point fingers again when you have a plank in your eye but yeah, yeah what what comes to mind Hassan? it's a very difficult one let me tell you something but, david yeah. um i've been through spiritual abuse mm. from a leader my wife and i have um we've we know how painful it is um when you walk with people and they abuse you spiritually because of a lack of living um with the credibility that christ has called us to live now there are two things about this is that when you're in church leadership mm. it is expected by our Lord for us to live above reproach. Mm. Okay? 
for the sake of the list of these, those that are still growing in Christ, who look to you and somehow you represent uh, this place in God. Now, not to idolize you, part of the reason is, again, the other challenge is that, number one is, there's that expectation. But for people who are following, it's also important to know that uh, your absolute trust should be in Christ hmm. and in God and not the quote-unquote man of God. Hmm. Because when your trust and hope is in that man and tomorrow they fall, chances are you will fall with them because they have, you've conjured up a picture of God through this man. Hmm. You've made idol of this man or this woman. And then the day you realize that they are as human, um, it begins to play games on you on, on, on thinking that uh, this is what Christianity is about. Maybe these things. Of, I've seen people walk away from the faith because of either spiritual abuse mm. or the people they really looked up to falling. You know, so look to Christ. Mm. We should follow people that are leading us as they follow Christ. The day people cease to follow Christ, then they, they, they literally abdicate that authority for us to follow them. Because my followership towards you as a leader is contingent on your followership towards Christ. And when you look at leaders, when they begin to fall, you realize that they begin to fall out. They don't fall immediately. It is a gradual process. They begin to look away from Christ. They begin to compromise here. Pride sets in. Materialism sets in. Most people start genuinely in love with God. Mm. And when those three things, you know, 1 John 2.15, walk come in, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, those, they come in very subtly. Mm. But they grow, and we give them room, and we water them, and we water them. Before we know it, they consume us. But then you've, Along the way, you've gathered a huge following of people, many of whom look to you and they idolize you. In fact, it's one of the things that you fall for because it's pride uh, that, that, that is welled up in your heart. So for me, two things. Number one is that, and I say this in all humility and knowing that, again, not to point fingers like you've said, that I'm a man, that I'm a man that I could fall anytime. So I fully rely on Christ for my daily walk, number one. Number two is I walk a journey of accountability. Mm -hmm. David, for the last 12 years, I've been meeting every week. Well, not consistently every week, but I have guys that I meet, at least we try to meet every week for the last 12 years. And these guys, we've made a covenant with them. Number one is they will not be my fans. Mm -hmm. No matter how much uh, this being known, mm -hmm. no matter how, they will never be my fans. They will call me out on any ungodliness that they notice. Number two is I gave my wife, and as we are having this podcast, she's seated right in the couch. Mm. I gave my wife permission, and they know that, to reach out to them when she notices any slight change of my integrity. Slight, as in I have changed the password of my phone. They need to know. And, and, I, and, and, and I tell Joan, you can't have the password of my phone. Mm. She has the right to reach out to them because why am I hiding the password of my phone? From my wife, right? Mm. Because for us, there is nothing hidden. So, so the accountability is very, very key, you know? And then, you know, doing your best to walk with God. Mm. You walk with God daily through prayer, through fellowship, and asking God to help you. So, so living above reproach is expected when you're a leader leading a flock. That's expected. 
Does that mean it comes easy? It doesn't. How does it come? By looking to Christ daily, walking with him daily, and walking a journey of accountability with some men, some brothers if you're a man, some older sisters, godly sisters if you're a woman. And somehow God will uphold you. But when you notice most of our brothers who are in leadership, how they begin to fall, number one is they isolate themselves from any form of accountability. Usually the patterns are the same, David. Mm. Yeah, the patterns are the same. So for me, that is it. So to the, to the, to the leaders, again, look to Christ because he is, he is the one who upholds us. Uh, and as people follow you, make sure you're following Christ. Number two is be accountable. But then to the lead, do not put your hope and faith in man. Follow, uh, follow obediently the people that God has given you mm. to serve under or to, to be led. But uh, once you notice that people are no longer following Christ, then they no longer deserve uh, to, to, to be your leaders. I don't know how much more I can explain it more than that. Uh, but it really, let me tell you, when a man of God falls, the damage it causes to the body of Christ mm. sometimes is irreparable. There are people who walk away from the faith because, you see, people, we, we, we steward people of different levels of growth. There mm. are those who are young. For them, they're like, ah, if you've fallen, then why? If, if you, the man of God, can fall, what chances do I have? Mm. Of course, those are at that level. You know? But it causes pain to those who have trusted you, those who have walked with you, those who have um, you know, given you their time and their life as their leader. Um, and I mean, that's the, um, what you've talked about, uh, the people on Instagram who right now are still nursing pain mm. and heart and a sense of betrayal from the leader. So, you know, if, if you feel you're not going to follow faithfully after Christ, you know, then, then, then don't lead people mm. as, as somebody who represents God because the pain is too much. You know, <laughs> one of the principles of writing a paper, they tell you in the conclusion, do not bring up new topics. <laughs> I'm going to bring up one. I want to break some of these rules. Why? Because mm. when you're speaking, you did mention something there that uh, really got me thinking when mm. you advised us to follow mm. Christ. And I've been trying to search through mm -hmm. everything I know concerning the New Testament and the ministry of Christ. Mm. And I realized... In him leaving, he left us several commandments. Mm -hmm. But you would think he would tell the rest of the ten disciples, he said, guys, follow Peter. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm gone, Peter, you're in charge Absolutely. of the flock. But he's finishing his journey um, with us here on earth. And all his teaching, he never delegates his authority. Mm. He never delegates uh, who he is to anyone else. Yeah. He says, abide in me mm. and I in you. Mm -hmm. And you bear much fruit. Without me, mm, you, you can, can do, nothing. do nothing. And of course, mm. we come to Ephesians where he says he called some to be apostles, yep. some to be Absolutely. for the equipping of the church. Mm. That's their role. But Christ remains yeah. Christ. It's to the present body. them yes, mature in Christ. to Christ. Mm. And, and so our role is quite different. We don't become little Christ. Oh my we goodness. You can, you can say that again. <laughs> we become Christ-like. Big difference. But I thought that was interesting. Think about yep. it some more. And think about why Christ never left his ministry mm -hmm. in the hands of men as substitutes in the sense that mm -hmm. ah, he's simply saying, do what I've been doing, but none of them became him. him. Yeah. And yet, you would see if a pastor is leaving his position as a church, mm. the guy is leaving in charge, he begins to give them the checkbook. Yeah. He begins to show them where the deacons usually meet. Mm. He begins to show him, the, they call them what they... The, 
they he begins to show them how where the spoons are in the kitchen mm. he begins to show him this is how things are done and you're the one taking over me mm. in that sense but it was never the same uh, with Christ of course there are analogies he uses pick up your cross mm. and follow me we see these disciples dying upside down yeah, and just like being their master crucified. being mm. crucified but I think that's something for us to ponder about as we come to the end of our time here. Thank you so much, Hassan. Pleasure, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's always been awesome. is. Always and, uh, is. It's, it's great that we can talk about these things. Thank you guys sure. for listening and hope to see you again. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's